Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey friends, welcome to Wrestle Buddies Game Spots Wrestling Podcast filled with wrestling friendship and wrestling with friendship. Wow. I am your host, mm. a man that was named one of the two funniest mats by a Wisconsin woman, Matt Elfring. Uh, and with me, as always. Dark Order member Chris Hainer, how are you? Beep, beep, Richie, Chris Hainer's here. That's my new catchphrase, Matt. I'm just stealing from Stephen King's It. Oh, okay. Uh, also, uh, okay. Uh, uh, join the Dark Order. Join darkorder.com, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Matt, how I'm fantastic. Matt, how are you? Oh, can I say, can I say, yeah. this isn't, well, this is, this is actually kind of wrestling related. Matt. I saw Fast and Furious 9 last night. I'm still freaking out about it. I'm, on, I'm not even on cloud 9. I'm on cloud 754. Wow. I, uh, I'm i excited for you. I'm sad that I haven't seen it yet. And oh, you I haven't also, seen it? No, but I edited your review. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you how Han is alive. So no, first, of- that's the one thing you're not allowed to say. Oh. We have a... Uh, bit of an episode that is uh a different usually uh if we do an interview with someone that's just going to be a friday episode for you a little bonus yeah, but this no, week this is big it's big this it's is big this is the t-bone steak matt likes to do these <laughs> matt likes to do these uh food analogies like we have like a really good tasting menu for you today i'm matt elfring uh no today we got a t-bone steak with all the fixings is what we got <laughs> You're still stealing it from me. Hey, we're interviewing <laughs> Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Matt, I'd like to tell the people what we're up to today. Welcome to Wrestle Buddies. Oh, man. We got Double or Nothing coming up. That's an AEW event. Mm. And uh, it was, the, you know, it was the first AEW branded pay-per-view. That's I mean, true. I, I call it all in, even though it, it all, all in was, in was not was, AEW. All, all in was a... <laughs> technically not remotely branded by any company but it was made up of ring of honor and new japan stars yeah it was a and the wrestling show yeah it was before AEW was a thing it was a super card i it mean that's was the best a super card it wasn't yeah. this it wasn't like the g1 super card at madison square garden that's something oh else my god wrestling I, is confusing i still think about the g1 super card because i got to see japanese wrestling in madison square garden wonderful 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 but that's yeah. not what we're here to talk about today, Matt. Uh, as you mentioned, Double or Nothing, AEW's uh, big annual event is coming up this very weekend. On that show, a wrestler by the name of Cody Rhodes is uh, doing some wrestle fighting against another man named Anthony Agogo. And we mm-hmm. actually have Cody on the show this week to talk about it. He was fantastic. He explains to us why he's going to go by the American dream. Like we, we get into all kinds of stuff, except for the actual match, because you'll see it happen. It's going to be a match. It's probably going to be great. It's going like, to be. Yeah, it's going to be a barn burner. We're going to enjoy the heck out of it. And it's just like 
honestly, look at look at the last what year and a half now, almost two years of AEW programming. Point to me the bad Cody Rhodes matches. I dare you. Oh boy, that was obviously um You don't have nope. one, do you? Got it. Don't got it. Don't got one. Anyway, here's our interview with Cody Rhodes. Coming to BR Live this Sunday, May 30th. If you're listening in the future, you can still watch a replay on BR Live. Also live uh, on pay-per-view, no? Live on pay-per-view, yeah. But I, we're all going streaming anyway, so it doesn't, you know. It's a digital streaming. world, Matt. It's a digital world. Digital world. There are plenty of matches to keep your eye on, but the one we're, the one we're, the one we're digging into today is Anthony Agogo versus our guest, Cody Rhodes. Coming into Double or Nothing, what are you most excited to see as a pro wrestling fan? Well, the big one for me is not a particular match um, or a title on the line or anything of that nature. It's seeing wrestling fans back live in the arena. Uh, we've been able to bring people in socially distance and at a distance um, up in the upper bowl and in their pods. But to have that full capacity back at Daly's Place with that original uh, logistical footprint, just to be able six feet from them to see an actual true front row that is not Austin Gunn screaming, uh, rising on the other side screaming. And I love that our locker room, the good guys and the bad guys, were they were a great audience through this pandemic, and I never want to see them again now. I want our fans back, and that's the thing. It'll change the entire show. I'm sure we have a game plan for what we want Double or Nothing to look like, but the first match to the last match will be deeply affected by having fans back. Um, so it'll change the entire show. I, I would say uh, there was something very special to me, like during uh, during the pandemic, when you guys didn't have an audience there. I've seen like Wardlow pour wine for MJF, like something very, very comical and entertaining. Um, I know you won't have the wrestlers out there, but is that is something you may continue as before everything kind of gets filled out? Yeah, I, I think it's always something we have in our pocket as far as, hey, we have a very large locker room and Dynamite's extremely hard to get onto. Pay-per-views are even harder to get onto. So I think it's something we'll have in our pocket if we need to fill them out as people, you know, slowly start coming back to live events. It's always there. A fun thing about Wardlow and MJF in that moment, Max will never tell you this, confirm it for a shoot, but Max got a little intoxicated on that very first fans in the crowd and was genuinely concerned he might have overdone it uh even though he, he he there's no risk you're just in the crowd there's no not you're not performing um but it was still very funny to this day that uh we really went all in on that first one you know we learned how to do the crowd with the boys and the girls and i've loved it and they've been able to go with the flow of it all but yeah it's always in our pocket well, and that's something I'm actually really curious about, because when obviously when this pandemic first started, there was nobody you were playing to essentially an empty room. Uh, like how how important was it for you to be able to sort slowly infuse the wrestlers into the crowd? But also, yes, you're going back to a full capacity at Daly's place for double or nothing. But you've been able you guys have been able to slowly adding these fans and. Even even if it's just a couple hundred fans here and there, they're so loud and they're so passionate about what they're seeing. Well, I I mean, in the beginning, the first match I did in pandemic wrestling was at 10 a.m. against Sean Spears in the Nightmare Factory. 
and you had this literally like what is that called slittle link does it in games where you mm. had to put your back up against the wall up against the wall yeah you had, to, you had to do that around the curtain because there was no true backstage to get to the tunnel um felt like we were performing at a, a birthday party it was but it was 10 a.m and there was nobody nobody uh and jericho and shivani were really far away because we were all very concerned about this initial uh wave with covid and all that so that was one of those where you focused on the glass the cameras that were there as far as assuming okay there's millions of people out there that i can't feel them and i can't be sure but i'm, I'm pretty positive they're there what can i do to uh, affect them and, and and entertain them and that was it made for a lot of people to improve their skill set as wrestlers darby allen probably being the number one example of somebody who really just honed his craft even further uh doing no fan uh no fan events and then slowly but surely bringing people back in uh Raphael Morphy and Mega uh our our legal um our legal chief they were just a genius in how we would do this let's do this safely let's do this responsibly let's encourage uh and enforce mass policy let's do temp checks and then slowly as those things were let the need for them was lessened you know we opened up more seats and if there was anyone who ever had an issue didn't want to be next to somebody there was another pod available but to your point in the original question as far as the noise that's one of the things that makes me almost mad for a wrestler who never wrestled for AEW in front of our crowds before pandemic. We have insanely loud, passionate crowds. Uh, I mean, the only real comparable reference I would have is, is the ECW crowds in their day. Very loud, very interactive, uh, almost like an international crowd of just lively and the, the late, great Brody Lee, he never got a wrestle in front of one of those crowds. And it irks me. And there's been a few others. Miro's debut, he's never been in front of an AEW crowd. It changes you as a performer. And it really validates you if you made the jump to All Elite Wrestling. Being in front of an All Elite crowd will totally, as soon as you hear them and feel them, you'll know, oh, well, that, that's why I'm here. And that's why they're here. Um, yeah, but gosh, it's going to be a great feeling. Well, now as you're set to go back in front of that crowd, I'm very, I'm very intrigued by what, what it was that made you want to take on the American dream moniker for one night only uh, for this match. I, um, this is probably going to sound not cool because a lot of wrestlers and especially wrestlers from my dad's era will lie to you and say, Oh, I just came up with that promo right there. It was just <laughs> on the spot, which is bullshit. Um, but whatever i workshop my promos heavily for weeks on end we have a full focus group for them as crazy as that sounds this is a database company so i workshop everything i do and because my promos have been held to a really high standard people pick at them and find things in them and they're they they put a microscope on them which i love um with that in mind, when I was doing the promo, I couldn't come up with a finish. And you can have all this great promo, but if you don't have a finish, it's, a, it's like a match. A match is a promo, promo is a match. The finish, the finish, the finish, the finish. And when I was just thinking about what the story really is, Anthony's here. He's living the American dream for real. Uh, all the wrestlers like Bruno San Martino, uh, who I referenced in my interview, who have come over and, and, and lived the American dream here and what it stands for and Memorial Day weekend. 
uh, and fans coming back and just all that beautiful synergy and kismet. I ended up saying it once, just, you know, he won't be wrestling the American nightmare. He'll be wrestling the American dream. And when I said it, I got, I just couldn't move past it. I couldn't, I thought that's it. That's the ticket. It, it, it has, there's really only two wrestlers that can call themselves the American dream. Um, and if I need to do it for a gimmick, it's the wrong thing. But if it's something that organically exists and comes up and it's just that name and it's more thematic and in my soul, not to get all artsy and what, whatnot, but if it's here more than it's here, then it was it would be worth it and it would feel good. So it really just encapsulates everything that's happening. Um, but I was stuck on it. I didn't find a finish that was better and I believed it. And I, and I, I was excited at the prospect of going by it for one night. You know, I'm a big uh, Batman reader mm -hmm. and all the characters I love in Batman are all of the, the screwed up Robins. I love them. They're just screwed up. All of them. Damien's a killer. Uh, you know, Dick is pretty much the only one with his head on his shoulders. Uh, Jason obviously is Red Hood, Tim, etc. Blah blah. They all got problems, and that's what it's like being a second generation wrestler. My gosh, it's just it's a we're 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 a bunch of broken toys, and this is one of those times where it feels like putting on the cape and cow. Like you know, if anyone can do it and do it justice and do it with honor, it could be me. Maybe not full time. And maybe not long term, but for one night, um, I'll be the Batman for one night. And that's what it felt like to me. So looking forward to it. I love I love that idea. Like, it, it's true. Like, it's you You are in a way, Robin, you are constantly com you're compared to the one that came before, because like, that's just sort of the natural state of things. And then you get to sort you get to put on the cowl and the cape for a night. That's awesome. I told Dustin once that he was Jason Todd and not Dick Grace. <laughs> he uh he didn't read comics so he was uh, he was like oh yeah that's cool and then he looked it up and was like really really upset because like, uh we're very we our dynamic is really weird me and my brother big love between us uh but i'll settle on damien i'll settle on damien nobody gets to be dicks but i'll settle and dustin is definitely jason todd though 100 percent. so you were raised by rajah ghoul is what you're saying I was because my <laughs> my mother is Raja Ghoul. She is cold blooded, and she is a work, 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 work minded person. She's mean as a snake, uh, and I love her for that. She is Raja Ghoul. <laughs> um, so when we're looking at uh, the wrestling landscape as a whole, uh, for, from the birth of AEW back in January 2019 uh, compared to now, what are you most proud of with AEW and the company as a whole? Well, that's a really great question. The, the thing I'm most proud of is the thing that as a wrestler actually keeps me on my toes, which is the development of new stars. For a long time in wrestling, there's this excuse like, gosh, it's so hard to find the next this, the next that, the next. You're not looking for the next. You're looking for the first. And we've been able to do that with, we had a, freshman group who now are no longer freshmen and i'm talking about your jungle boys um your mjfs your ricky starks your wardlows your Britt bakers uh etc etc to be able to just be on the team whether you had a hand in developing them 
or whether you just were able to be there as a foil to them and be on the same product with them, that bodes so well for the future of all elite wrestling because we know we can replenish. Now wrestlers have a hard time giving up the spot. They really do, but Tony's a smart guy, the smartest dude I know, and he's incredibly ear to the ground on wrestling and the changes and Darby and Orange Cassidy and this and that the next wave of real stars in wrestling and how you determine what a real star in wrestling is simple dollars and cents. Do people stay on the channel? Do they perk back up when this person's on? Do they buy their merchandise? Do they, do they support them? And we have a group that's showing huge gains in that regards, which that just is the thing I'm most proud of. I could say I'm most proud of that. We're still here because it was so unlikely that we would just keep moving at the pace we were moving, especially when we got opposed on Wednesday nights on our night. And to have the year we had, uh, I'm very excited. I feel really optimistic about any challenge that presents itself now and being a success story within the Warner media family and being one of their hot properties, um, if not their hottest property is mind blowing. It makes us just want to keep doing more and keep going. And, and speaking of keeping going, expansion is coming with Rampage uh, coming very soon. Uh, so how will Rampage as a show differ from Dynamite or Dark? The biggest thing I look forward to with Rampage is getting people off the bench. Um, it's really hard to get on Dynamite, like really hard. Um, and you see it at shows, the amount of it's hard for me and I'm not the boss. Tony's the boss. It's hard for me to walk through the common area before I get to the curtain without hearing a few pitches or hearing ideas and things of that nature. People are very active about shooting their shot and wanting to be on dynamite. And it's hard to give bad news that it's just a hard show to get on. And these are some of the most talented wrestlers on the planet. So the fact that rampage opening up opens up the bench and it opens up more people to go ahead and show what they've not been able to show. And that's something I really look forward to. I mean, Dark and Elevation are so fun to watch. And so much magic happens on them. Really beautiful, um, beautiful mediums. And wrestling fans, those shows are made for wrestling fans by a wrestling fan. Because Tony is so active in Dark and Elevation. Um, so Rampage is going to be something really special in itself. In addition to Rampage and clearing the benches and having more spreading the wealth. I'm so looking forward to the TNT specials mm -hmm. because I was such a big clash of the champions, Mark growing up uh, Saturday night's main event, same thing. Um, and being able to put on super cards. Cause I like to make everything I do have this flair of just pomp and circumstance, but that really does put it, uh, put a bullseye on what makes these different. You've got your, your weekly television shows now, then you've got four specials, then you've got four pay-per-views, uh, international tours being opened up. It's going to be a, a banner, 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 year plus for all of the wrestling. Well, that actually is something that it, it comes to mind when I was thinking about it. you, like, congratulations, you're going to be a father soon. Uh, how, how has that sort of reframed how you're viewing your career, especially as now touring is getting ready to come back and now AEW is going to have that opportunity to go international and be on the road every week and all these things. 
in my life, the first woman who I fell in love with was professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. And the reason I knew that Brandy Rhodes was the one was because she was the only thing I liked more than pro wrestling. The only thing. Now, with Baby X, which I dubbed her because we can't say her name, Baby X on the way, I will love Baby X as much as I love Brandy, which now I've got three women in my life. The wrestling business and these two beautiful Rhodes women. It, I don't know how it will affect me because I almost feel like it's naive for me to think I know what's going to happen when I just saw, hearing your stories before we got on the call, Matt talking about his son getting in the bed. I don't know any of this. I don't know. And I'm not ready for any of it at all. I, I look forward to it and I want the challenge, but I know it will greatly affect my abilities as far as prioritization. You know, I, I currently at the nightmare factory, I have these rookie camps and we help develop as much talent as we can just for wrestling. I know that's an area that's probably going to lose me um, because I've, I've got to develop a child more than a, the future of the wrestling business, but there—that's the beauty about having four EVPs. Uh, Kenny Omega is there, and Matt and Nick Jackson are there. The the forefathers of AEW, those two know what it's like to have children, and that we're able to shoulder each other's responsibilities to a degree. And I, I know it's going to be tough, um, but I think I'm also motivated by the fact that I want her to be a fan. That's a crazy thought, but. I want her to like what I do. And uh, going into this pay-per-view, I really thought a lot about her. I've never even met her. But my dad had dedicated Starcade to my sister Teal when she was born. He dedicated the Great American Bash to me. So this has always been something that's almost a love letter to her that she can go back and look at and go, yep, he's a cool dude. Uh, look at all those people cheering for dad. You know, I just, I don't know. It's weird to think of but it was like that in my family so it, it'll really screw things up for a lot of people but not uh <laughs> but not for me because I, it's time I, I need to pass on what i know and and watch watch brandy be a mother and if that takes me out of the uh, this spotlight to a degree well then absolutely i i do that with no reluctance because she'll be the number one thing that matters if it's any reassurance that the first year you stumble a lot, figuring out what the hell am I doing? Right. Um, but eventually it becomes the normal and it becomes just the best thing ever. Oh, well, shit. Let's do that. <laughs> Great. No, good. Good. Let's do it. Uh, so kind of uh, you're for your friends with Stephen Amell. You've worked with him in the past numerous times. Uh we're going to be very blunt. Are you featured? Are you on stars? Uh, or sorry, <laughs> let me rephrase Heels. that. <laughs> Words are tough on Monday or it's Tuesday. I don't even know what day it is. Uh, are you appearing on heels on stars? And if not, how can we get you on there? Like what, who do we got to call? So let me give you the, my history of heels. I support heels because I support Steve. Mel. that guy works really hard. He was a great kind of role model for me in terms of balancing exactly what we were just talking about family life with being the lead um, in the Arrowverse and, and creating content and knocking point, which is sponsoring the fan fest this weekend, which is really exciting. All that aside. Um, I looked at the script for heels two years ago, maybe three years ago now and was terrified at how much I related to it because here's two brothers 
in Georgia and their dad was a wrestler and it just <laughs> felt a lot like my life. And then the you know, revised and revised and it became its own thing. And it is vastly different from uh, the Rhodes upbringing, but no, I was never involved. I talked to the production a lot. I talked to their showrunner. I talked with Steven as often as I can. Uh, I consider Steven an actual wrestler. Um, no, I have no involvement other than I'm a supporter of it. Uh, CM Punk uh, came by and visited the Nightmare Factory while he was here um, filming. And that was really exciting because I think seeing Punk on that show excites a lot of people. Um, and it excites me. I mean, CM Punk in a ring. I'll take it wherever, <laughs> wherever it is. Uh, and that, that'll be real exciting to see um, the show. But I'm just looking forward to it. I actually... Don't ever see me being on a show that's about wrestling because that's just too much wrestling. That's just, I don't think I could live in a world where I was wrestling within wrestling. Like it just, it, there's too much wrestling in my life. So for me, as the heels go, I would rather, if I was ever on the show, be a slimy promoter or a fan in the front row, like a drunk fan or an anti wrestling personality. Uh, things like that. I don't, I don't think I could put on tights in a television format ever. It's just <laughs> too much wrestling for me too much. That is a 100% fair response. That would be a lot of wrestling. Yeah. A lot of wrestling in my life. You know, I, uh, I, I think I'll go with the drunk fan in the front row. That is what I would like to be on heels. Fantastic. Well, maybe we'll see you in season two is Colt Mackin drunk fan, great- drunk fan. <laughs> And I'll be a drunk fan who knows a little too much about the business. So when you spill out on the floor, you like secretly like, hey, you're doing great, man. You're doing good. <laughs> you're doing good. Hey, well, yeah, well your, your spot's coming up here, buddy. The most supportive drunk wrestling fan that's ever existed. Basically the front row of a Ring of Honor show. Because that front row was yeah. like, the, they were the absolute best. They'd boo you, they'd whatever and then you roll out on the floor and they'd be like all right man so just so you know he's getting the chair in the ring right now so i don't know if you're supposed to get up it was the best it was i love the ring of honor crowd they were so sweet that is wonderful well well, thank you cody for talking to us uh we are excited to see double or nothing this weekend and uh thank you so much for AEW. thank thank you all thank you i am excited for it thanks tony khan for letting us do this bringing fans back let's go let's go Thanks, Cody, for talking to us, taking some time out uh, from what looked like your very nice kitchen. And <laughs> it looked like a nice, you got some nice cabinets. It's a fantastic, uh, like, honestly, in a world where I'm looking for a new home, like, kitchen, yeah. the kitchen is where I'm looking first because I like to cook. You gotta get that, you gotta get that big kitchen. I get want the kitchen. Island. I want the very, I want the island. I want the nice cupboards, the cabinets. I want all of it. Mm-hmm. And I also definitely need space for my Hulk Hogan Ultimate Grill. Oh, gross. <laughs> Frozen steaks for everyone. It traps the grease, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome to Real Estate Talk. I'm Matt. Uh, guys, kitchens are a lot more important than you think, so don't shy away from a good kitchen mm-hmm. when you're looking for a house. Also, if you can find me a wraparound porch, heaven. Anyway, thanks, Cody, for coming on the show and talking to us about your kitchen. Uh, I I think... The only thing we can really do at this point is just let's answer some questions from uh, some fans, just 
give them a little chatteroo in this week's mailbag. Wait, it's mailbag time? Yeah, we're just we're just doing interview mailbag this week. Interview just, mailbag. And then probably just a lot of blabbing at the end. Anyway, Land Pitts, uh, who you heard on the Royal Rumble post show, uh, asks, uh, should we retire or should WWE retire the United States Championship? I think we should retire it personally. I think WWE <laughs> should have us on to mm-hmm. retire it. I'm going to be real with you, Matt. I can't think of who is it Seamus, maybe? Yeah, Seamus. Definite, the, definitely a United States human being, Seamus. Yep. He is the United States we, champion. We, at of this course, point. we know about his uh his uh his signature move, uh the American curse. Uh mm-hmm. he is definitely has the accent of someone from like Brooklyn. Um and he dresses like a cast member from Snatch. <laughs> Uh, he, I love Seamus. No, we shouldn't retire the American title. I mean, we should retire the ugly design that it has right now. I hate oh, it. Oh, it's awful. I hate it. They're, and like, I remember when it first, I remember when it first came out, like people were tired, like it's the first one that's been like 3D printed. I was like, yeah, but like, it looks like garbage. <laughs> like I didn't love the last US title, but like the last US title is art compared to this weird thick mm-hmm. boy of a wrestling belt it's it doesn't have a good look i and speaking about the united states we need to have the second tier championships mm-hmm. um i really wish that like the main championship the main uh like whatever universal or heavyweight championship was just one championship that traveled between shows i wish that was the world that we lived in mm-hmm. and then that the United States Championship and Intercontinental Championships could be the main show championships for each show. I I love that world. It's never going to happen. I don't dislike that. I know WWE's done that before, but like you know, I don't know. I'm I'm fine with it the way it is. Uh, I like that each show because also then like the 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 issue it came before. Well, before they were doing split pay per views, so mm-hmm. shows would have their own individual pay per views. So then that would mean the world champion went to that show for a month, and it left the other show with like no world title in contention. But like yeah. as you're saying, in that instance, you have to be able to raise that secondary title to the level of that primary title. Which before, like we had the like the you. What we don't need is an intercontinental European championship uh, situation where you have a second tier belt and a third tier belt. Yes. Like that's where things get messy. I'm perfectly fine having the second tier belt personally. I, um, I miss the TV championship. I, you know, uh, sorry. Lane's second question is uh, what should they bring back? Uh, should they bring back a lower tier title back? Or is that what the U S championship has become? I I would say that the IC and US championships are kind of the mid tier. Yeah. That's that's how they'll always be. Um but you were you just mentioned the TV championship and I that, love the TV championship. Th- well, and that brought something to mind. I wish the Intercontinental and the US belts were treated more like AEW's TNT championship, which is just their TV title. It's mm-hmm. defended week in and week out on television. And yeah. like and to the point where like there are stakes to it. Like for a number of weeks running, Darby Allen was defending the TNT championship in the main event. And it was a believable main event because they made that belt mean something. Uh, yeah. Th- as any longtime wrestling fan knows, the Intercontinental Championship has 
uh, historically been seen as the working horse championship. That is mm-hmm. the belt for the guys who lo- who who wrestle better than anyone else. It's they're not the big they're not necessarily the big world champions, but like they are bankable stars that like you could send from town to town with the title to put on a show. What's happened is we've gotten away from that and the belts just don't seem to mean as much, but I would absolutely love to get back to a point where like those mean things and like we can count on like hardy title def- not hardy not matt hardy version one hearty title defenses with from those belts week in and week out i would love it i would also throw the cruiserweight championship on raw or smackdown yeah i i'm gonna be real with you I still don't think 205 Live exists. I yeah. know they say it exists. I know John Cena loves it when he comes to, to WWE programming because we've seen the behind the scenes video of him watching 205 Live and loving it. But like, it feels like it's become, especially since the Cruiserweight title has become technically an NXT championship, it feels like it's lost a lot, mm-hmm. like any luster that it had, which is a bummer because, like, those are guys who are putting on incredible matches. But, like, since they've been sort of excised from Raw and SmackDown, we're missing it. We're missing yeah. that those incredible matches. And, like, honestly, there's a lot of stuff on Raw and SmackDown that we could just kind of prune out and just throw in some cruiserweight material. And remember how every pay-per-view kickoff show opened up with like the cruiserweight championship. It was and the it was best the, match on the show. It was always the perfect way to open up the show. Yeah. And it got me pumped. Mm-hmm. Let's bring that back. Uh, Lance, third question is, who do you want to become the IWGP world champion more? Shingo Takagi or Sonata? I don't know, man. I believe that's a typo. He wrote Sanda. No, it's Sanda is his favorite wrestler. It's Sonata. Sure no, it's Sonata. 100% Sonata. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I feel very out of the, like, over the last, I'm going to say, year, since probably around the last Wrestle Kingdom, actually. No. Mm-hmm. Since sometime last year. I felt very out of the loop on New Japan. Um, I think it's a function of it not being as widely of ava- it's a not as widely available in the States as a lot of other wrestling programming and B ching, 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 It's more money and, and C service and C if you look at it right now, WWE Monday, WWE Tuesday, AEW Wednesday, Impact Thursday, WWE Friday. Uh, plus ring of honor is on at some point in time. Like there's so much wrestling right now that like, it's hard to keep up with all of it. And what's really interesting. I think uh, this is something I've been really intrigued by is uh, bullet club. Mm -hmm. When Kenny Omega and the bucks were a part of bullet club, it it brought a lot more eyeballs to that product that I, I cared f- a lot about new Japan then. And I feel like it's fallen away and there, and while new, new Japan is still no doubt putting on some of the very best wrestling you'll find. It doesn't have the, it's not having the breakout moments it once had, but mm-hmm. I don't know how to fix that. I, to make it on a mainstream level. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you have to you have to kind of offer it um weekly shows free to states people. And that's I mean, and that and yes, that is the big issue. Like 
I know I'm, I'm sure New Japan would love like a really good TV deal in the United States, but like we haven't gotten one yet. And it's just very difficult to. It's just very difficult to, in addition to all of the wrestling we're constantly surrounded by, be like, OK, I'm also going to seek this out and throw down money for it when I can't keep up with all the wrestling that we already have. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that's really going to elevate new japan now because again like you chris when when the elite left new japan Mm -hmm. and started aew my focus went from new japan to aew i don't have enough focus for wwe aew and new japan i mean i kind of follow impact and ring of honor a little bit but my primary focus is on those two main companies Mm mm-hmm uh because there's also you know uh, we have life outside of wrestling where like i want to watch movies i want to watch tv shows i can't have my entire life focused on only wrestling i would be divorced yeah that's real talk (laughs) also i don't want everything in my life to be focused on wrestling there's a lot going on in my life matt i gotta go to avengers campus at disneyland I had to watch Fast and Furious last night. I, I have no idea what happened on Raw last night because I was too busy hanging out with the family. That's what I was also doing. But I was hanging out with my real Your family, actual family, not, not Vin yeah. Diesel. Yeah. Well, I was hanging out with Vin Diesel on the big screen. And that's the thing. Even with, with so much wrestling going on, I feel like I'm watching less than ever because it gets intimidating to try to keep up with all of it. So then I just end up catching a lot of highlights. Like, I... I think last week I sat down and I watched raw from beginning to end. And that's only because I was in the mountains and there was literally nothing else to do. So I was like, Oh, well raw's on. I'll watch that. Yeah. But like, usually yeah. I'd like raw's a three hour television show. That's a lot of time. Uh, I mean, and SmackDown's two hours and NXT's two hours two and AEW's two AEW's hours and, and SmackDown and AEW are about to go head to head on Friday nights with rampage. Yeah. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, man. It's a long-winded answer from us to who do we want to win? Well, <laughs> in which we don't give you an answer. I honestly hope that when travel restrict when when the pandemic completely, I, we're getting there. We're slowly getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really hoping that AEW works more with New Japan to kind of yeah. help New Japan in the states. Um. I, I don't know. But as I, I now I, I forgot my point I wanted to make earlier, as Chris was mentioning, uh, there's too much wrestling or whatever. And you just kind of sorry, don't focus on it. Um, no, I was going to say that, like, that's why this show we get off on weird tangents sometimes, like Hulk Hogan's grill or uh, Hulk that's Hogan's- not a tangent. That's the most important piece of wrestling information imaginable. How dare you? But that's why we just don't talk about matches constantly. It's like there's so much uh, more interesting stuff sometimes to talk about that's wrestling related, but not wrestling itself. I will say, Matt, I used the grill this weekend. How was it? It was great. I made a frozen CPK barbecue chicken pizza. (laughs) Mm -mm. Mm. Anyway, uh, next question comes from Seven Grim. (laughs) Daniel Bryan. What's your dream future for him going forward? I thought I read that like he signed some sort of contract, a, a report. I should say report because it's who knows. Anymore. Yeah, we as, as of now, we don't know if he signed to WWE or where he signed. We don't know anything. Um, 
I feel like I was very loud about how I was seriously hoping for one last Daniel Bryan uh, title run before he shifts into what I believe he said is a more part time situation for his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the planet, the planet's champion thing. And I think like heel day, like there's something magical about heel Daniel Bryan because he's so easy to love that when he makes you hate him, you're like, oh, my God, this is how good he is at his job. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Seven Grimm suggests like, uh, oh no, that's something else. To, never mind. I was reading the second part of this question, thinking it was an addendum to the first, to the question, but it's a second oh. question. Um, I I honestly don't know. Like, I think there's a lot of room for him anywhere. I wouldn't be opposed to even seeing him just sort of be a floater between the three WWE brands and just kind of pop up wherever. Because I think he also has enough goodwill with the fans that he could do that and not be in contention for a title and still be a top name. Can you imagine, can, Matt, mm-hmm. can you imagine Daniel Bryan versus Finn Balor in NXT? I can't imagine it. Like, it's magical. It's, it's amazing. Like, I want it. I want it. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Do I think he should go to AEW? No. AEW is already so full. As, as Cody talked about in our interview mm-hmm. before this segment, there are so many people on AEW striving to get a spot on the show and there's just there's not room for everyone. So, like, we need to pull back on overloading that roster. Yeah. Um, then he asks, what's your favorite type of tag team? He says, mine is world's greatest slash American alpha variety, but more speci- but more specifically squads of similarity skilled uh themes and teams oh so he likes the I, spirit squad that's what i'm taking <laughs> away from this he Nikki! <laughs> i can't I, remember I, any of the other ones chucky Mikey, and, and we're the spirit squad I, we've talked about tag teams on here quite a bit um I've talked in depth about New Day and how I feel about them mm-hmm. um, as I feel that they are the perfect tag team, even though there are three people with one being a powerhouse, one being a high flyer. And no offense to Xavier was in this situation, but he is more of the kind of the manager charisma. He, he's the talker. He's the talker. He's the um, mouthpiece. Yeah. I've always saw him as like the manager of the group. I mean, he's the manager who can wrestle very, very well. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's mostly on the outside. He's also the trombonist. Trombonist, yes. Uh, he to me is the that's New Day is the perfect tag team to me. Um, I disagree. The best tag okay. team type, obviously, is Redneck Brothers. Um, I'm so the Briscoes of, or the like. I'm thinking like the Godwins. Okay, <laughs> I'm thinking like ooh, or like the Clown and the Son of the Clown, like a Doink and a Dink. Like that's a good tag team. The Bushwhackers, the apparently. The Bushwhackers are great. Why uh, do people like the Bushwhackers so much? I don't get because, it. Because, Matt, I'll t- I can tell you. They did this? Yes. That's 100% <laughs> it. As a kid, I loved the Bushwhackers because I could do that walk around the playground and feel cool. That's it. And they also, they, like, licked each other's heads and bit each other and whatnot. It was so weird. Like, they were scary, but also they're wonderful. Uh, I remember when they got uh, I was at the Hall of Fame when they got inducted and like it was just joy to my soul. Um, But I like I don't have like a specific type of tag team. I like what I like is a tag team. 
I don't, I don't, I'm not talking about just yes. two people thrown together. I want yep. tag teams who like work together, have combination maneuvers, like actually work as a team. For my money, uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, they were a team that was just kind of thrown together. And at first it was not working for me, but yeah. like over time they started working together as a team. And I think that is the key. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. <laughs> That's a weird combination to me, but like slowly but surely they're starting to resemble a team. But like my thought is like, well, why don't we make them resemble a team before we give them the tag team? Yeah, titles? right. Like, don't just hot shot the titles onto like like I understand the reasoning by, behind putting tag belts on Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. They're two powerhouses like that makes some kind of sense, but like they need to be seasoned as a team first mm -hmm. we like the point it's a tag team they're not the tag belts for people who just tag it out they're the tag team championships and so for me my favorite type of a tag team are the people who are actually a team and not just kind of two randoms thrown together because there's nothing else to do with them the iconics for crying out loud that was a tag team that was a wonderful tag yeah. team. It still hurts my soul that they're gone. And I will say right now in NXT, the team of Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, they're the way under with Johnny Gargano and Austin Tahiri. Um, I <laughs> That one was for you, Matt. Uh, Thank you. I love their work as a team because they've been working together in this group for a while now. Like you just have to develop a team bond and a, a, a style of work that co is cohesive together as a team. Like, mm. I feel like I've gone on an insane rant about this whole thing, but like, this is how I feel in my soul. You, if you're going to be a tag team, you have to work as a team. And this is why I kind of hate WWE's women's tag team division. It's not just people tossed together uh, or WWE's I, men's I, tag I, team division. Yeah. AJ Styles and Omos are tag team champions. Why? I don't know. Omos is really big. That's it. <laughs> it's AJ That's Styles. It. AJ Styles and his heater are the tag team champions. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't, I don't get it, man. Like teams, the like, look at AEW's tag team division. It is made up of a bunch of actual teams. Yes. And like, I, I don't like, I'm, this isn't me like, like saying WWE sucks and AEW rules. I like both of them. But yeah. if you look at the tag team divisions right now, AEW has the Bucks. It, it used to have SCU. Um, it has uh, the Lucha Brothers. It has Jurassic Express. It's like these 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 teams of people that actually work together as mm -hmm. opposed to people who are just kind of thrown together at the last minute. Yeah. And that's it. That's what, and that's what happens, honestly, when you have a tag team, a true tag team working with the creative team. I'm trying to go through WWE and think of like, like NXT has tag teams. Yeah. Imperium. I, I'm well, Brizongo too. Oh, um, the greatest tag team of all time. Greatest tag team of all time. But I mean, like if I, you go to that, you go to Raw and SmackDown, like I'm having trouble off the top of my head thinking of like legit tag teams and that. It's I mean, the, the Mysterios. I'll get, I mean, the Mysterios, I'll call a tag team. Father, son tag team. Beautiful I mean, moment. Yeah. Let's just do it. Come on. I guess. Live in the joy. Live in the joy of a father and son being tag team champions together. Look, I like that they're the tag team champions. I don't know that they're a they're I mean, they're working on it. They're at least trying. Yes. They're trying to work together and adapt to each other's styles and sort of come up with a combination 
offense, which like that's yeah. that's what you need, man. Anyway, that was the mailbag. Where's the Viking Raiders, damn it? Isn't one of them injured again? Oh, man, I hope not. Didn't he just come back from injury? Yeah. Uh. Oh, War Machine. Anyway, that was this week's episode of Wrestle Buddies. We did it. We did it, guys. Uh, make sure to check out Double or Nothing um, this Sunday, or if you live in the future, it was on May 30th. And uh, make sure to just, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, rate us on iTunes, all that jazz. Mm. Sounds pretty good. Chris, do you have any final words for this week? Yes. Also, make sure to stay tuned uh, end of June for uh, Wrestle Buddies and Furious 9, in which Matt and I go to space in a Pontiac. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Wrestle Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.